Welcome to your Future Therapist podcast. Empower yourself with this free podcast for personal growth and well-being. Future therapist and life coach Kelly Newsom and co-host Megan Lachowski share honest, real-life stories to help others navigate life's challenges. Welcome to Friday's session of Your Future Therapist Podcast. I'm your host for today, Kelly Newsom. I'm really excited to introduce Kate O'Malley to you today. So Kate is an LMFT and one of those friends who absolutely passes that vibe check when you're looking for someone who is loving and caring, honest, and absolutely real. When I'm around Kate, I always feel like I'm at home. It's the best way to describe it. And I always leave our conversations feeling really good, like I was absolutely in my most authentic self. She really provides the safe environment, I think because of her own honesty and authenticity. So Kate is hosting a women's retreat in Morocco next spring, and we do discuss how that came about and her love for that country. But we first kick off the discussion talking about vulnerability. And like I said, Kate is honest and real. And I think you're going to resonate with a lot of the things that she talks about and that we discussed. So let's jump into the combo. Kate, we talked about um, discussing vulnerability today. Is that something you still want to talk about? Yeah, vulnerability. I've been thinking a lot about that, even just showing up, talking to you today and feeling my own vulnerability tremble. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of um, imposter syndrome pops up. And so if I lean into this, I show up as my true self, which grosses me out to no level of description. Because then it's it's the raw, yucky, gooey stuff that I'm afraid will spill out. That's that's that vulnerability part that I think we all need to talk about. Yeah, I was. Great. Yeah. Before we jumped on here, I was thinking how, because I like to think or look up like the technical definitions of some of the you know terms that we use on the podcast and. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I want to, I kind of want to, how do I think of vulnerability? Like in my own words or how it relates to myself. And I was kind of thinking like, for me, vulnerability is about admitting and sharing like the truths of who I really am. And that, that is the good and the bad, right? And the parts that I don't want to admit but have to admit, otherwise I can't really move forward in the way that I want to live my life. If I'm, if I'm denying that part of me. And I think that that that's a version or, you know, a vulnerability. Oh, absolutely. It's the, it's the part of you that exists under that social armor that we put up. But, um, every day the masks yeah but we and you know we think well i need to put on my flak jacket and then i need to put on my my other um bulletproof something and the helmet and the big boots and part of it is yeah these are a bunch these are masks to make us feel safe when we go out into society or when we show up at school or even in our own homes we we put on this armor because somewhere along the lines we learned 
that it was wasn't safe to be vulnerable. I mean, I I'm speaking as a female. I'm like even more in awe of how men grow up to be vulnerable when socially they were told, you know, don't be a sissy and um you're being a girl. You know, their messages were so messed up that at least I'm lucky that I just have my own loop-de-loop going in my brain about is it okay to be vulnerable or not? I'm not comparing myself to, you know, being, don't be a guy. (laughs) (laughs) But if we are quote unquote guys, you know, we're too aggressive or, you know, so, I mean, there's definitely that line for both, you know, for genders that from a personality standpoint or social standpoint that get, you know, tagged for, for everybody, but. Yeah. And it's what I've noticed uh, in the last few years is how different we as Americans are with our perception of vulnerability compared to my family overseas. Mm. What are some differences? Now, there are, it's I, what I see a lot is in the younger men, they will still kiss their friends. They'll have no problem being affectionate because they truly love each other and they're not afraid to show that in public. That's beautiful vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Although last night I did hear my brother, no, my son, that was Freudian. <laughs> I heard my son talking to one of his friends and he said, I love you, brother. And I thought, mm-hmm. holy crap, my brother never would have said that in a million years. Right. It is The culture is changing and we're going to hopefully continue to witness the younger generations showing up in a more authentic way, being more vulnerable or at least willing to work toward vulnerability more so than, you know, the generation I'm part of. But okay, going back to in Europe, I have family members who they're just able to use language that doesn't sound so defensive. Mm. They don't seem to hide behind feelings. They're able to show up and if they have a tear, they have a tear and I like that. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, um, when you said that, I was thinking that they don't deny it. Right. right? Which is what, I mean, I've definitely experienced it personally, denying the emotions or the feelings that had I known I could express, I actually would have been cared for maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. but learned at some point along the way that to show that part of myself is myself is actually not dangerous, but not safe. You know, and when you, when the big trauma happened with your brother, when you were little, you saw what was a strong nuclear family just Mm -hmm. disintegrate in front of your eyes. You didn't feel safe. So you had to start to put the armor on so that you could show up and you know, I think it wasn't it wasn't it in the summer is that right yeah May 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you you had a whole summer to figure out what sort of armor you needed to carry with you in order to show up and and still be Kelly, not be that girl whose brother died, not mm-hmm. you know, so-and-so's daughter. So you had to figure out a whole new way of operating and then create this whole new way of thinking about yourself and the world around you just to feel like you were safe enough to keep going. So that story started young for you. I had a story for me started young too, where in order to feel like it was okay to exist, I had to be a certain way. It's sad. It's really sad when you think about it because at the time you feel like it's normal. Well, I mean, it's survival, right? And so, and then that becomes the norm. And yeah, I mean, as you were saying that, you know, I only really started looking at myself and searching for answers and it always came back to me, but you know, I'm, I'm young in my healing journey of three years and it, it, all of that armor that you talked about, I a hundred percent carried and I've been fighting for the last three years to hang on to some of that, you know, because it is scary when you start to lower it and you have to admit some things and you have to make changes because you want to be different or you want to actually be who you really are, but it's so buried that it just, it takes a lot of work, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. a lot of time and patience. Well, and then you start to doubt yourself. All that self-doubt comes in of am I really this person? And do I want people to see that part of me? Because maybe that's not as likable as what I've put out there in the world for so long. So then that panic starts to happen. And then you show up as the real you, but nobody likes you. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, that's not fun. Then you're the only one standing in the middle of the metaphorical dance floor. And everybody's staring at you. And let's make it that cringy dream where you're also naked. <laughs> right? <laughs> God, I don't want to be the naked person in the middle of the dance floor. Unless I'm, <laughs> unless I'm 20 and then maybe. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I don't like it, but I like it. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah, know. I mean, and, and that's part of the, I think the, thing that for me personally, that kind of pulled me through those, those times and still does is I, I don't want to revert back to how I was because it felt wrong. You know, it feel now as an adult, I know that there's a better way of living for me, right. Through all of that uncomfortableness and that awkwardness and the cringy feelings and, that there are clothes somewhere around the dance floor that I can put on real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I learned. So after I started teaching yoga, I learned that there was a part of me that thought she was a stand-up comedian. Now she wasn't that funny, but <laughs> when I had the headset on, I thought I was hysterical and I, I don't know. I would go on these little mini yoga tangents and I thought I was bringing all this like good woo-woo stuff into the room. And then one day I decided 
to share a little bit more. And I would say something about my kids or just trying to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I told one of my classes that um, one of my kids has shared a podcast with me and how funny I thought it was. And it was, my dad wrote a porno. And <laughs> that's when I realized I was not destined for a stand-up career and probably couldn't share any personal information anymore. Okay, so there there I was, naked in the middle of the dance floor, mm-hmm. trying to be funny, yeah, approachable. So sometimes it does backfire. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, right? Oh, yeah. They just don't come back to your class. <laughs> <laughs> but that does happen. But then they weren't maybe the right client for you which is I mean you know and that's that's the truth in the work that you do or that I will be doing I mean even as a life coach not everyone is gonna fit you know with this our style right and you know I, I it's a lot easier for me when I am sitting in my office to sit in that space because therapy is such a big personal commitment to yourself. You have to be with the right person. You have to be able to unzip your skin suit and show all that stuff that's underneath and trust that the person sitting across from you can handle it. Mm -hmm. Won't turn away, won't reject you. Um, And so in my work life, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. And there are times when we realize, okay, this was not the right fit. And if, if I took it personally, I think I'd probably have a hard time showing up at work again, but I know it's not personal on my side. It right. has to be personal on the side of the clients sitting there. That's a great perspective. And also, I mean, you just probably helped a lot of people who want to go to therapy and realize that it's okay. You know, when something maybe doesn't fit that it's okay to try and move on from that therapist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You want to buy the first bathing suit. You want to buy the bathing suit that makes you feel like the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that Kate. Good lesson for me too. You know, on my future venture. So what are you working on? I know that you have a retreat that's planned. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, heck yeah. So I'm taking a group of women to Marrakesh, Morocco in March for, um, I'm just going to call it a woo retreat because that's where I am today. It's a woo retreat, but it's not Mm -hmm. really, it's, it's yoga. I'm a yoga teacher. It's not therapy, but it's an opportunity to explore some parts of ourselves that maybe have been afraid to try new things. And so my goal is to bring together women in the mid phase of life who are wanting to to see something new, maybe meet new people to 
give some self-care time back. I mean, you're an empty nester. I'm an empty nester, but there are still women who have kids and mm -hmm. they need to be able to give themselves some time back too. So my goal is to share a beautiful country, a beautiful culture with people who probably didn't have Morocco on their radar. It's it's such a cool country. And I know people are freaked out because there was an earthquake, but mm -hmm. there are earthquakes on every continent. And I'm not being cavalier about it. It's terrifying to be in an earthquake. And aftershocks are really disturbing and they bring up all that trauma we have from the initial earthquake. But um, the organization that benefits from the retreat center where I'm hosting is called Project SOAR. And there are about 25 girls per class that go through this leadership program that gives teenage girls the training to believe in themselves, to feel that they have the right to personal empowerment, to stay in school and to not become teenage brides and mothers. And then they get to bring this empowerment back to their families and their communities like 99% of the girls that go through these programs go on to college and graduate. So it's kind of a win-win. Not only do I get to go on this really cool trip to Morocco, but I get to show people this cool program that we directly in, um, contribute to. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. How did you find out about Project SOAR? I have been following the um, woman who organized it, who created it, uh, Miriam Montague, for over, like, probably for 15 years. Um, like, right when people started writing blogs and having websites. I don't know how I ended up in Morocco, but I was fascinated with... Um, this American family who moved over there and wanted their kids to grow up with more. They wanted their children to be exposed to other ideas and cultures and sounds and smells. And, and th they were looking for a Riyadh, a home in Marrakesh city, but they couldn't find what they wanted. And the, Miriam's husband, Chris, is an architect, and they found property outside of the city in an olive grove, and they decided they were going to build their home there. But in order to get the permits and permission to do what they wanted to do, they needed to be able to give back to their community. So that's why they established Project SOAR. Mm -hmm. Um and so I think I just was following them for years and years going, oh, someday, someday, maybe I'll go to Morocco. And then my husband apparently was listening to me at some point and decided, okay, maybe we can do this. Maybe we can go to Morocco. And 
we started a conversation like, let's go visit Morocco. We had a company we worked with um, that was able to create this custom trip around the country. And then my husband surprised me and contacted the hotel Peacock Pavilions mm-hmm. about us staying there. And the good and bad of COVID, not a lot of people traveled. We went uh, within the last two years to Morocco and we had the entire retreat center to ourselves. And it, it's really, it's just two big, um, we would think of them as like two large standalone houses. They're called pavilions there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. And um, we had the whole thing to ourselves, the whole estate, the family was even gone. And my husband keeps calling it his uh, beauty and the beast experience because it was like, we'd go outside and there'd be three people going, what can we get you? Come <laughs> over here. Would you like to try this? Don't believe me. Ask the dishes. I mean, mm-hmm. was... <laughs> And then I went back this past January with another friend um, on a retreat and I thought, okay, I got to share this with other people. So I know you asked, how did I find this place? Clicking. I found it by clicking 15 years ago. Well, and I mean, I've known you for a while now and I have always felt that empowerment was a big piece of, I think I feel how you present yourself. Like that's how I envision you. Right. And so can you talk a little bit about that? And do you believe when I tell you that? Well, I'm going to, I'm blushing, but nobody can see me. <laughs> you, Thank you for that. I always believed that everybody deserved to feel that they could do anything, that they could do anything they wanted. And I didn't, I didn't get that message growing up, but it was because I don't really think that's what they were talking about in the seventies. Mm-hmm. but I wanted my kids to know they could do anything. Um, so I have three girls and a boy and I feel like culturally my son was fed that message in, through society, but my daughters needed to have that reinforced a little bit more. So we did girl scouts and I was the girl scout leader. I was a girl scout leader. Um, I think I might've hit the 20 year mark, honestly. Um, because I had to get all my kids through mm-hmm. and I wanted them to feel that, that little, that little nugget in their bucket of whatever fills them up that they take through life was something good and solid and made them feel like they were enough, like they could do more, anything they wanted to do. Thank you. (laughs) Seriously, because I mean, like you, I didn't, that was not a, uh, a theme throughout my childhood or early adulthood, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and our parents were doing their best. No, they were, but they were also doing weird shit. And (laughs) and I did not follow my parents and how I raised my kids because I thought, "Mm, Maybe not that. No, but we're trying. Everybody's trying. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And so this isn't, did you say March 
2024? Yes. Okay. March 2024, yes. Um, my retreat company is Barefoot Soul Escapes. Mm -hmm. And my capacity is for 13 women. And that'd be great if men wanted to go to someone else's retreat, but I'm just taking women because I want to be super woo and super present and be able to meet women where they are. And I'm really hoping there are conversations about menopause because hello, that is the most fucked up thing I've ever experienced. And we have to have conversations about these things. Again, nobody talked about that in the seventies mm -hmm. or the eighties or the night Oh, the golden girls, I think talked about it a little bit, but I want people to be able to sit around and talk about hot flashes and the way our skin changes and all the other weird things. And so that's, that's really one of the big reasons it's, it's a women's retreat. Right. To allow those conversations to manifest. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can show up at breakfast with your hair in a ponytail and looking like, I don't know, you have been up for 39 hours and not care that, oh, what if he sees me? Mm -hmm. I don't care. I, I want us to be, I want us to be authentic selves. And we definitely can be more authentic if we're not worrying about trying to look good for someone else. Right. Now, um, I'm going to actually go to the link for this and it'll be in the show notes so that anyone who after listening or before listening to this can go to your actual website. And what I loved about this website is you did talk about who this is for and who it's not, which I thought was such a great, so clarifying, right? Right. First of all, can you talk about the decision to do that, to make okay. those two statements? I don't get credit for that. So I'm the person that couldn't even make a web page. So I have this brilliant web designer named Kelly who helped guide me through this. And we would have conversations and she would write everything down. And then she would send it back to me in this really cohesive way where I went, did I say that? <laughs> well, apparently I did. Um, but Kelly has a great way of spinning what I say into website magic. So it, it isn't for somebody who wants an Instagram vacation, mm -hmm. but you'll have, you'll have Instagram moments because you're going to find those, those glimmers that make your heart feel like it's alive. Sorry. I just, I love it. I, I just think, I mean, you, you are basically, I mean, you're telling people, you know, that it is for you, right? Very specific things that you're looking for. And if a person resonates, then this is absolutely for them. And I think that that's helpful, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I hope, I hope people feel inspired to try something that surprises them. You know, I love the Eleanor Roosevelt quote, and I'm going to not be able to repeat it verbatim, but do something every day that scares you. Mm -hmm. like do something, do something that surprises you that taps into the adventurous part of you that you thought was dormant. Um, you don't have to be somebody who 
is ready to go out and be absolutely fearless. But if you want to learn more about yourself, this is for people who want to learn more about themselves. It's for right. personal growth. It's for people who want to take care of themselves and do yoga every day. And it's for people who um, maybe want to learn to do a little travel journaling. Mm. So I have watercolor paints for everyone to um, do a little practicing on remembering what they see and the colors. Oh my God, the colors of Morocco. I've seen lots of pictures, but yes, I hear it's gorgeous. Yeah. And it's for the imagination, right? Like it, the creativity gets sparked and mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I love it. So what else do you want to tell us about this retreat? Anything? Um, I don't know that people should not be afraid to go somewhere that's so far away that, um, I don't, you know, the first time we went, my husband was, he was terrified. He thought he was going to hate the trip. And he thought, I'm going to this Muslim country mm -hmm. and it's going to be incredibly dangerous. And I wasn't afraid, partly because I think I'd been following Miriam for so long and, and hearing how she would describe the Moroccan people. Um, and she also, she works with the UN and she goes to other countries in um, Africa and the Middle East. And she always has this human connection. And for some reason, I expected that when we got to Morocco. And so the first experience we have getting off the, the getting off the airplane and we had our bags we're walking outside and we had this big sign and has our names on it and we had the sweetest guy yusuf and he said i'm going to be with you for two weeks and we're and then he starts saying things to me and uh, i can't remember the dialect name but he's amazig i don't even say that right but it's a it's a group of berber people and um he was so excited every day. He would, he would say, Kate, I'm like, I don't know. What, what is he saying every day? And then one day I'm like, oh, he's saying everything good. Um, and I would say, and, and then I felt like I'd been accepted. What if he had the same perception of like, mm -hmm. oh God, these California people are coming and they're going to be like throwing granola out the window and wearing <laughs> their bathing suits in the van and um everywhere we went he would explain to us about the history of the area and it wasn't a history lesson it was really always about the people mm -hmm. and i met the kindest sweetest people who weren't really that different from me who might dress differently but they love their kids and they work hard for their families and all they want is to have a happy life mm -hmm. so that story plays out 
throughout the world and getting to see it in a country that probably because it is predominantly Muslim has gotten a bad rap because of things that have happened in the world these past 22 years. Um, it was a, a really beautiful chance to reset what we thought. And then one of the people we met during the trip said, well, we're kind of, we're like, more like, oh God, I hope this isn't offensive to anybody. If it is, I'm really sorry. We're like diet Muslim. Like we're Muslim and, and the call to prayer comes on and we go pray, but we don't, we're not forbidding women from participating in activities. I mean, they, they it's very much the, um, oh, what are they called? You know, where they go pray. Yeah, those places that, mosques, they're called Thank mosques. You. Yes. Wow. So um, there's a men's section and women's section. It's really um, culturally and historically to protect the women, to allow them to to not be exposed to the leering looks of other men. Um, so, but other than that, they're really like us, right? They kind of secretly drink. They just don't talk about it. Um, I don't secretly drink. <laughs> There's no there. But um, it, it's, it was just getting to learn like, oh, you know, so they're Muslim and I'm diet Catholic. And, you know, we ultimately at the end of the day, how is, how is your faith connected to how you live your life? Well, and, and treat others and live in community, right? Right. right. And that's where I, I, I got the idea like, oh, you know, you, you love people, you love humanity and you want the world to be a better place and you treat people that way. Oh, okay. Well, that's a lot like us. Right. People don't know that. And we still have this great big fear of the Middle East. And no, it's not safe because there are icky people in the world who want want to hurt others. Right. But we have that here. Yep. And absolutely if we more of what we have in common than what separates us, I think we'd be a very happy human race. And if women rule the world. True. That's true too. Beautifully said. All of it, Kate. Thanks. Seriously. So um, like I said, I'll put the uh, website to your retreat in the notes. And, um, obviously we'll continue talking about it, but how are you feeling from the beginning of the conversation to now? Okay. Less freaked out, less, less stressed out. You know, I was ready for like those fast round, those speed round rapid fire. <laughs> yeah. I was ready. I was Oh God, I'm not going to have anything that is going to sound intelligent. And then I'm going to probably say something stupid. Like my dad wrote a porno <laughs> and completely humiliate myself. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. And I was just telling Megan this in an episode we recorded. I mean, up until maybe a couple of weeks ago, I, before every recording, I was just in knots all about the intro. <laughs> Not even the conversation. I mean, sometimes it was about the conversation and mostly it was around, am I going to put the mask on? Am I not going to be authentic? Because what if I have to say isn't what 
somebody thinks is true or right. But if I'm talking from my own experience, I'm the only one that can say whether that's right or wrong. Right. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, the podcast world is different. It's, um, I don't know, but we've tried to make it so that it just could be a conversation. You know, it's not scripted. And that, I think that's important. So. Well, it feels welcoming. Good. You know, I had that story in my head. Of course. Because we all create stories about what we don't know, filling in the blanks with our what ifs. Mm -hmm. And we catastrophize. It's a lot easier if you just show up and. Yeah. Let yourself have the experience and realize, oh, it's not that bad. I'm curious before you came on, I know you were nervous. Did you do any breathing or anything to help like with the anxiety or the way that you were feeling? Um, I made fig bars. Okay. Because um, being in my kitchen grounds me. Mm-hmm. And um, I got out my ukulele. <laughs> and I let myself play for a few minutes um, because playfulness for me is a really great way to ground. I love that. I love that. Kate, thank you so much for joining your future therapist podcast. Thank and, you, and you know, and I think I've told you this, but you know, and maybe I haven't told you this, but I've told others and I've told John The last time I saw you, we were in your kitchen and we were with Carrie. And I just remember leaving there feeling like I had just been at home, you know, and there's something about you that I am very connected to. And there's, there's, I mean, like I said, I feel like the fact, like you empower yourself to do the things that you want to do. And you've explained to us how you've instilled that in your girls and, and your family and your son. But I think I feel that from you personally, like it's affected me in a very good way. And so I just wanted to let you know that. Thank you, Kelly. I love you. I love you too. so, So happy we are connected. Well, you were the first person that I talked to about going back to school, you know, and I was just, and that was, yep. Right there in your house where you're sitting right now. And yeah. And I was scared because I mean, talk about like not feeling that was a place I should be right in school that from just my historical level of what I thought my intelligence was in a school setting, right. Very scary. Um, but yeah, you've like coached me along the way. So I just want to thank you for that. You are so welcome. I'm so excited for you. You're going to be a great therapist. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Anything else, parting words that you'd like to give the listeners? Um, Be nice to each other. Be nice to yourself. Mm, I love that. So we're going to end on that. Perfect. Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Future Therapist podcast. If you'd like to reach co-hosts Kelly Newsom and Megan Lachowski, feel free to text them at 530-733-6400 or reach them by email at yourfuturetherapistpodcast at gmail.com. You can also slide into their DMs on Instagram, handle at yourfuturetherapist underscore pod. 
make sure to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review on any of the streaming platforms you listen to this podcast on.